is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. We want to thank the Dwell app for supporting Made for This. To get started with Dwell, go to dwellapp.io slash madeforthis to get 10% off a yearly subscription or 33% off Dwell for Life. 33% off means you save $50, so make sure to visit dwellapp.io slash madeforthis and commit to scripture for the rest of this year or for life. And now, here are Jenny and Lauren Chandler. There are podcasts where I just know you're going to walk away and you're going to feel this huge exhale. (laughs) And I don't even care what Lauren Chandler and I talk about. You will feel that from her because that's how I feel in our friendship, Lauren. I feel like every time we spend time together, I just take a deep breath and I rest. And you have been that kind of friend to me. And I'm excited for everybody to hear what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Jesus, which is my favorite thing to talk about with you, of course, partly because I think we're really different. We're wired differently from each other. And so when someone is wired differently from me, I learn so much from them and specifically when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. So we're going to talk about this. Before we do, I just want to hear about the Bible study that you have released because you wrote that and y'all, it is about the book of Numbers. And when she told me she was doing a Bible study on numbers, I literally got cross-eyed thinking about it. But Lauren, every time you talk about it, I cannot believe how much I glean from from it. So will you just share just for real quick before we get into all this about the study and why you wanted to do that with numbers? Yeah, I will. But first, I'm going to talk about, you know, how you said when you spend time with me, you feel like rest. And I feel like and and then our different personalities. Cause when I'm with you, I feel activated. Like after oh. I've spent time with you, I'm like, I'm taking on the world. I can do that. Which for me is like, uh, an Enneagram for, I can get just kind of stuck in, uh, my head and my mind and dreams instead of actually doing anything with it. So I am just so grateful for your relationship and how mm-hmm. God's made you and uniquely wired you in a way that really blesses me. So I love you, Jenny Allen. I love you too. So numbers. Yeah. I'll just say it was not my idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I felt like the Lord just brought it before me. I was reading through the Bible and I came to numbers and as I was reading kind of, you know, the little intro, the blurb before it said that actually in like the Hebrew Bible, it's called in the wilderness. And I was like, whoever was doing PR for the English versions of the Bible should have called it in the wilderness because that's so much more intriguing to me than numbers. And then as I started reading numbers, there's just a lot of interesting stories and um, that I'd, I'd heard before, but I didn't know where they'd come from. Honestly, I was just intrigued by the children of Israel's wanderings in the wilderness and how, you know, the Lord established worship in the wilderness by instructing them to erect the tabernacle and even specifically how Uh, which tribes would be camped around the tabernacle and which Levites would do certain things in the tabernacle and the service of the tabernacle and what worship and offerings and all that looked like. You see the children of of Israel um, 
making poor decisions, murmuring, complaining a lot, rebelling. And in the midst of all that, the Lord could have said, you know what? Just kidding. I don't want to be with you guys anymore. I'm going to just like remove my presence from the tabernacle, like pull up those tent pegs. I'm out of here. And he didn't, he remained with them. And so that's why I thought it would be important to call it with us in the wilderness, all 40 years that they wandered, he was still with his people and he did eventually deliver them into the promised land. I think there's a lot in that for us. And when I was writing it, it was 2019. I had no clue, you know, like six months later, uh, we would be thrust into a mm. worldwide wilderness, yes. um, you know, and I would call wilderness any season that's like, I think transition seasons are definitely wilderness seasons or any seasons where we feel normalcy is hard to find, you know, or we're dry or we feel lonely or out of place. Anyway, I just thought, Lord, that's so kind that you would put this on my heart and then have me write this in a time when so many people would be going through a wilderness. Mm. Yeah, and that is exactly what it still feels like, even on the other side, where there are more freedoms, it still feels confusing. <laughs> like in many ways, we're still reeling a little from the chaos. So the timing is is good and perfect. I want to talk about Jesus. And I want to specifically start by asking you about being a pastor's wife. And I know for you, that has been a delightful position in a lot of ways and on a lot of days. But what have been the challenging parts of that for you? Yeah, I would say, I don't know if it's necessarily pressures that people put on us or expectations they have of us, but I, maybe I can put them on myself as if other people are expecting this of me or our family. I, I can wonder, mm, am I doing enough? You know, here these people are, they go to church and they work, you know, eight to five days or, you know, they are, they're with their kids all the time and still they come and they volunteer and they serve in little village or kids village, which is our children's ministry. And I had stints of that, but I, I mainly serve, you know, on our worship team, but I've thought, oh, should I be doing more than I'm doing? And then I've also just with our kids, like um, having to remember that our kids didn't pick to be ministry kids or pastor's kids. And I am, my goodness, you can be the best disciple maker ever. And still, unless, you know, I thought about this, actually, I thought about this this morning. When Jesus calls his disciples, he says, come and follow me. Well, he didn't drag them around. Like he did not force them with chains, you know, to him wherever. They did it out of their own volition. And I think too, with even, that's true of any disciples that we uh, endeavor to make on this side of, of heaven, um, even with our kids, like I cannot make them follow Jesus or follow me as I follow Christ. They've got their own journey. And all I can do is, what my husband says is put kindling around a fire that I pray the Lord ignites. Mm. And I do think the Lord has ignited some flames in my kids' hearts, but I, I'm not a hundred percent in charge of those mm -hmm. flames. <laughs> I can do yeah. what I can, but I cannot choose for them. Um, yeah. And so yeah. that's hard because maybe they'll look different than I, I looked. I was very much a follow the rules. And I want to, you know, achieve certain things. And my kids really don't care as much about that. And that's kind of good. Cause I think I erred on the people pleasing side 
of sin where I was just, just tell me what to do so I can please you instead of really seeking to please the Lord. So I'm grateful for that. But I do think that's hard. Honestly, what's been hard for us has been for me as a pastor's wife has been expectations that people may or may not have trying to live up to those things. So here there's that people pleasing. It's still like rears its ugly head. Also letting our kids just be, uh, have their own stories and that they don't have to be like Matt and me and their relationship doesn't have to be like Matt and me. I think I hate it when they, you know, might go somewhere and, you know, the leader will say, you know what I'm saying, you know, Audrey or whatever, like as if she's memorized the Bible, which, you know, anyway, treating her almost like they would Matt or me and she's young. She's not process. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) and then I would say having, being a pastor's wife, a a pastor who is maybe more well-known and has a larger platform. And so I think can get one can make mistakes and, and, but own them, but then also can just end up with a target on his back. And then hearing people talk about him as if they know him and they, they really don't. Right. Um, that's real hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I've been behind the scenes with y'all in those moments, a few of those moments. And it's really hard for anybody that knows your husband because he is just as life-giving and joyful and loving of people. And yes, does make mistakes, but there is a mama bear that I'm sure comes out in you of protection. And I do think that's one of the things that's hard that you carry that people can't totally empathize with unless you've been there. You can't fix the things that you want to fix. You can't correct the wrongs in the world that you want to correct. And yet that's a feeling I, I bet a lot of people relate to. And so what do you do in those moments when when you really do have to turn the other cheek because there's not a way to appropriately respond? I think that's where I, I like literally put my hands out in front of me open to the Lord and say, this is yours. Cause I, I can't, I can do nothing about this. I, I could do some things, but my conscience would not let me that the Holy spirit would not, it, it would grieve the Holy spirit if I were to do what I like my flesh wanted to do. But what I can do is say, Lord, you know, you have this, you have us, you know, us. And so even if there is something that we need to look at here, um, show us and we submit to you and we want to walk you know, in righteousness. And, um, but we also know we're forgiven when we don't, and we, we can repent, but even if, if he is slandered or something's not something said about him, that is not true. Lord, we know that, you know, our hearts that we Mm. trust your calling on our life. Um, and that most of the time, the people around us that are closest to us, they know we don't surround Matt didn't surround himself with a bunch of yes, people. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, he surrounds him himself with people that will challenge him on some things. And so that matters to us more. Like if they had concerns, then bringing that to us has more weight than anything we would hear outside of that. But really just having to remind myself that God, you, you're working something out and you will like the truth will come to light. And if that's just, you know, in glory, then let it be. If it's sooner than that, that'd be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's just kind of where I've, I've had to place it. 
I want to talk about Jesus and your relationship with him because that is the place where you go, right? I've watched y'all do it. I've just, are we right with him? And that has brought you peace. What has that peace look like? Because some people can't imagine, you know, right now, maybe somebody's listening who they have had a friend gossip about them to, to five people. And it feels like the most devastating thing to be misunderstood by one person or five people. Y'all have been misunderstood by a lot more than that. Where do you go with that in your own personal heart with the Lord? Where does that identity come from? How do you keep your head up and and be okay even in the midst of of misunderstanding or people speaking ill of you even on a large scale? Yeah. I think for me at first I'm like, okay, Lord, search my heart and know me. You know, know my anxious thoughts. If there's any way in me, you know, that's not pleasing to you, show me. And so for me, that's where I start is okay, God you know me, is, is there a shred of something that I need to look at? Even if I don't like who it came from, even if it feels unfair and then like, um, putting that before him and, and saying, you know, if he does show me something, then repenting, asking for forgiveness. Um, and then if there's not, then just saying, God, um, I I feel wronged. I mean, you, in the Psalms, you see David pray these sorts of prayers where he's like, man, I am being chased down. I'm being lied about. And so telling it to the Lord, just like journaling, maybe I journal it. I'm like, Lord, these, these are some hard things that have been said about me. Um, It feels wrong. It feels unfair. It hurts. And then replacing that with the truth that I am a, I am loved by him. I have been forgiven by him. So any kind of accusation that the enemy would want to try to use that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so I can remember, God, you don't condemn me because it's Christ that covers me, his life. Like he did everything perfectly. I want I want so badly to make the A on the test of life, you know, and not have anybody have to have anything against me. But I know that's, it's not possible because if we say we are without sin, then, you know, then we're liars and we call God a liar. And so I know there's still sin in my flesh that lurks there and I'm prone to wander, but I also know that the grace and the beauty and the righteousness of Christ lays on top of my life. And so that God considers me righteous and whole through him. And so just having to remind myself of the gospel and then asking the Lord to to, just like, um, take care of that situation in a sense, however he wants to take care of it. And then for me, that next step would be Lord. Now help I want to help me forgive. Like I forgive those people, even if they don't know that they've wronged me, which I, I think what, you know, scripture would say that if it's the appropriate, I don't know, situation to go to them and say, Hey, you said this and you lied about me and that, that hurt me and give that person a chance to ask for forgiveness. And then, you know, you forgive, but maybe it's a situation where you can't do that. I was just reading today about the difference between attitudinal forgiveness and then transactional forgiveness, where you have this attitude of forgiveness, where you do forgive that person, you stand ready to forgive them. And as if they have already asked for forgiveness from you, even if they haven't. 
I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I don't, this is all kind of processing this right now and working through it right now. That's good, but being willing to forgive. And then even the next step and praying blessings over that person that even hurt me, because that's what God has done for us, that he has forgiven us. And he, this is one of the things that comes up in numbers where he takes, um, this, these curses that, uh, that this King wants Balaam to speak over the people. And he, he turns it into blessings that only mm. Balaam can only speak blessings over the children of Israel. And so that's what the Lord's done for me. And, and that's what he calls us to do. Uh, when, when we've been sinned against or hurt, um, and it's hard, it's not easy. And I know, um, it's not easy. And it probably is a have to do over and over, or at least be an Ebenezer in your life. This, this rock of remembrance of, okay, I forgave. Let me go back over here and remember I forgave that. And Lord, help me, help me to feel like I've forgiven them. And then help me to speak blessing, help me to pray for them and, and be for them in a way that you've been for me. downloaded the dwell app yet the dwell app is an audio bible app that jenny and i use all the time one of their newer features that is awesome for if you want to memorize a passage of scripture is called the dwell mode you can have a verse or a passage repeat itself it can go slow so you can listen to it closely over and over guys what a better way to go into the summer than to commit to memorizing scripture and the dwell app is a tool that we cannot recommend enough and we know you guys will love it So go to dwellapp.io slash made for this to get 10% off a yearly subscription or 33% off dwell for life. That's dwellapp.io slash made for this. And you can download the app today. And now back to Ginny and Lauren. I think of relationships as one of the many pressures that we all feel, right? There's, There's a pressure of measuring up to other people. There's a pressure that sometimes we can put on ourselves to measure up even to ourselves and even to God. That can be part of the thing we carry that might be likely is unnecessary, right, in our lives. And and so talk about, you know, as you go, and you and Matt have been in ministry for many years now, and you continue to be faithful and steadfast and stay, and you think of so many people right now that are wanting to get out of the ministry, maybe choosing to get out of it. How do you stay? Like, what does perseverance look like for you? I'll, I'll be real honest. I would say like probably two years ago, wasn't sure if I wanted to stay, <laughs> but I, I think those seasons are probably necessary for longevity mm. to at least explore. What if I didn't do this anymore? Lord, would I be content? Would I feel like I'm walking in obedience and just kind of exploring that? And so two years ago was kind of the beginning of that. Just a lot of hurt um, that had happened, gone through. And I was like, wait a second. I didn't sign up for this part of ministry, but, you know, plumbing the depths of, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this what we're supposed to be doing? Do we want to do this? God, have you called us here? And then I think adjusting our expectations in a sense of, Lord, I, you, you call me to today and where I am today. And so I'm trusting you for today. I think I would just get real overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, this is what it's going to be forever and ever and ever the next few decades. And I would get overwhelmed by that. And it was really going simply going back, you know, to that, um, 
you know, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough worry of its own. So like live here. God's giving me grace to, to be here right now, to be uh, in the Flower Mound area, to be at the Village Church, to be doing the things we're doing. And so I think coming out of that season was really good because I, I wrestled with the Lord and I felt like he He said today, and this is what we're doing. And I wanted, honestly, I wanted a, an adventure. I think in some ways, uh, you know, we'd been at the village at that point for like 15, 16 years. And I think the Lord wanted to do some stuff and some things needed to happen. I thought it was going to be somewhere else, but the Lord's like, no, it's still, it's still at the village. And I was never at the point, just if any of your listeners are from the village, I was never at the point of us actually leaving. I just was like, I need to be convinced that we're supposed to be here and doing this for a while. Honestly, it wasn't a lot. Gosh, the people of the village are amazing. They're the best. They are wonderful. They're supportive. They're loving. Um, I see them loving our community. I see them loving Jesus. Um, there, but there were a few just situations that just hurt, you know, and that were inside of the church and some that were outside. And so I think uh, for anyone that's just on you know, the cusp of burnout. And another thing that helped us was getting away. We, he took us extended sabbatical and I think we just need to pull away, um, to seek the Lord, to rest and replenish. So Matt's, he, he calls him, uh, he has a, a guy, you know, Jack, his soul ninja, yep. who is kind of a mentor to Matt. And he was like, you don't need just rest. You need replenishment to be mm. filled back up. And so I'd say, if, if you're able to take a sabbatical or something to be replenished, not just rest and veg out, but like have your soul be replenished. However that looks like, um, do that. And then and kind of plumb the depths of what's going on in you that you feel like you don't want to do this anymore. Um, and maybe, maybe you aren't supposed to do this anymore. Maybe it needs to change. Maybe, um, the Lord's bringing you somewhere. And maybe it's not that you change locations or you change churches, but, wherever you are, maybe there's something new that the Lord wants to birth in you. And that's why you kind of feel restless or, or a little maybe burned out because I, I don't know, this is just what I've learned from experience. I wouldn't say that this is what the word of God says, but sometimes I feel like the Lord just gives you grace enough for a season. And then I think once you start feeling kind of, I I think you can sense when the grace is starting to run out and he's going to move you to something else and give you the grace to do that instead. Mm -hmm. So that's not the say at the Lord or, you know, that's not (laughs) anywhere that I can read in the word of God, but it's definitely I've experienced in walking with them. I want you to, as we close, I want you just to pray for the person listening that is just burnout, that is listening to you and going, I am at that end. I don't know which way to go. I'll stop if he says stop. I'll keep going if he says keep going. But pray for that person that's listening right now. Lord, I thank you that you know exactly who I'm praying for right now, that you know where they are sitting right now. You know, even just kind of the um, lump in their throat that they're feeling because they feel seen and heard and loved in this moment, um, that you would just stop a podcast to pray over them. Thank you, God, that you know their name, that you know their what has brought them to this point. And Lord, I pray that you, more than anything, would show them how loved they are, that you would show them that they are chosen, that they are called. And Lord, 
you, you wanting to walk with them through this wilderness to show them who you are and what you have for them. And Lord, I pray that you would give them discernment. Lord, I pray that they would find what replenishes their soul that is good, that, that stirs their heart towards you and that they would, they would do those things. You'd give them the courage to do that to walk forward in that. Lord, I pray that you give them discernment on, on what's next. Um, is it go or stay or just wait a minute that you would speak to their hearts even now? I thank you that you still speak to us. You speak through your word, but you also gently nudge and give dreams and, and Lord, that you, you can speak to us in ways that are surprising. And so Lord, I pray that you would speak to your children who are in a, a spot that they don't know if they can do this anymore. Lord, would you give them the word that would, would sustain them in their weary hearts. I pray for courage, courage maybe to, to rest, courage to trust you that if they were to rest, that everything would keep going and it would be okay because you're in control, God. I bless them in the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today for this conversation with Jenny and Lauren Chandler. I want to make sure you know about Lauren's newest Bible study that just came out called With Us in the Wilderness, a study in the book of Numbers. I'll make sure to put all the info in the show notes so you can get a copy. And we can't wait to see you for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Made for This podcast.